why I, I got caught out just then. <laughs> sometimes our communication's really on point, and sometimes I'm not looking at him, and he's looking at me, and he's giving me the eye, and I'm just not catching his, so sorry about that. Friends, if you have a Bible with you, why don't you turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Lots of T's there, aren't there? I do like alliteration. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In just a moment, I'm going to give us a chance to pray together, as we have done in the past. Um, but I am mindful of uh, things that we want to contact and things that we don't. So we won't use a shared mic, but I will hold a mic in just a moment. Some of you, if you're here regularly, will have seen me doing this with a Bible recently and complaining about my eyes, so I've just swallowed the pride and bought a very large print Bible, but it needs breaking in, so it's not flopping open properly. 2 Timothy, sorry, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, not 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul writes this as an instruction to his young uh, follower. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Friends, we live in a day where we need to be praying, and there's all sorts of things that we could be praying for. I am, of course, speaking of what's happening with the coronavirus outbreak, which, although appears to be impacting in a very small way at the moment, is expected to follow the pattern which we see in other nations. And so right now, we're expressing our freedom and we're living in our freedom, which is good. We are expecting that before too long, there'll be changes and some curtailments made on social contact. And so we will change in the light of that some of what we do. For now, we live in the freedom that we have and we continue to meet as much as we can within those recommendations from the government. And so before we pray, I just want to give that announcement, that kind of public health announcement which is we urge you to stay alert and to keep up to date with government announcements. Uh, we published uh, an email this week that also went online. At the foot of that email, which is the current advice we're giving as a church, are two links, one to Her Majesty's government, the other to the NHS, which should take you to the latest advice from the government and from the NHS. We advise you to keep checking and to follow that. For now, we're gonna carry on meeting. However, if you develop a new symptom, if you develop a new dry cough, or if you start to feel a temperature, now normally that means a temperature of over 38.7, I think they're talking about, but what the government said this week was a higher temperature than you are would be usual for you, then you should self-isolate for seven days. So in our house, some of us run normally at 36.3, and so some of you might run at 37.8, and so you know that's the kind of bracket of fairly what's normal. Uh, but if you are running a temperature for you, please would you self-isolate for seven days? And uh, you say, well, I'm feeling kind of okay, and it's just, I think it's, it's just flu, isn't it? It isn't just flu. And so the kill rate for this virus is much higher than regular flu. And I'll make a personal appeal to you. 
I am immunosuppressed. I have psoriatic arthritis and I take a drug every month that suppresses part of my immune system. The part of my immune system it suppresses also leaves me vulnerable to chest infections, pneumonia and flu-like viruses. If you love me and you develop symptoms, just stay at home. If you love the people around you in this church who may not have the courage to tell you that they're immunosuppressed or that they have some other underlying condition, please take care of the people around you. It's not about, I feel well enough to carry on with my life, it's just a cough. It's about, you might pass that on to somebody who's vulnerable, who isn't well enough just to shrug it off. Does that make some kind of sense? That's as heavy as I'm going to get, okay? Uh, we're doing what we can here. We encourage you to wash your hands, do all that. If anybody's got a, a cupboard full of sanitizer, because you were saving it for the Armageddon, we can't find any in church. Jason has been looking so hard to find sanitizer. Um, I think you've looked everywhere, haven't you, Jason? There just isn't any anywhere. So we would love to have some sanitizer in the building, but unless you bring it with you, we can't supply it at the moment because it's out of stock everywhere. Uh, there's a guy in New York with 17,000 bottles in his garage. Maybe some of you have read this story. Anybody saw this story? I think it's a kind of a wonderful, bittersweet story. Here's a guy who saw what was happening, so he hoarded, and he got 17,000 bottles, started to sell it at inflated prices online, and eBay and Amazon saw what he was doing, and they shut him down. And so there he is, price gouging, it's called. He was inflating the prices, trying to sell it, and now he's got 17,000 bottles in his garage he doesn't know what to do with because nobody will let him sell it online. Crazy, crazy world we live in. We don't have to participate in that craziness. We live in a very different spirit. We live in the spirit of generosity. We live in the spirit of hope. We live in the spirit of community. And so we want to encourage you as a church, if you can find a way to bless your community, even if it's the most simple thing, do it. I know of at least two streets in our church family who have had letters pushed through their door saying, let's just coordinate together as a street, shall we? And so they've set up community WhatsApp groups and uh, addresses where people can just drop off a note to say they'll need some support. And we've put something on Facebook if you wanted to follow that. So there we go. We will encourage you to wash your hands. We will avoid in the church uh, physical contact. So if I don't shake your hand, it isn't because we've fallen out. It's because we're just going to kind of keep that kind of barrier in place at the moment. Maybe an elbow bump. That seems, you know, we can just do the elbow bump or the foot tap, the Iranian foot tap. Have you seen the Iranian foot tap? Yeah. Has anybody not seen the Iranian foot tap? Gavin, come up here. We'll demonstrate the Iranian foot tap. <laughs> right first or left first? What we've got the right first. There we go. So we just go, there we go. You see, that's the Iranian foot tap. <laughs> so that's quite good, isn't it? So there's the Iranian foot tap, we can do that as well. So, uh, but we're going to avoid that. If you come into prayer corner, please don't be offended that um, our prayer ministry team won't be putting their hands on you to pray for you. They'll sit beside you and they'll pray for you. Um, it may be that in the next few weeks, the government asks us to stop meeting together like this. And so we are already having conversations with the most technical people that we have in the church. <laughs> they're laughing at me now, uh, to figure out what we'll do. And uh, what we'll do is, wherever possible, we're going to set up a church YouTube channel, which we should be able to live stream from. And so hopefully we'll be able to keep in touch somehow with that. I want to encourage you, if you are a technologically minded life group, to take a look at Zoom and see if you can set up a Zoom group for your life group, uh, which means that you could meet in your own homes and still connect and see and hear from each other. Uh, but that's if you've got a decent camera phone or uh, a laptop or something or a computer with a webcam and a microphone, you should be able to do that. Okay, that's that stuff out of the way.
We'll keep responding as best as we can. Keep your eyes open on our YouTube, uh, on our yeah, YouTube soon, but on our Facebook and Twitter feeds, and we'll get stuff out as soon as we can, as well as email. We want to pray, though, and I'm going to hold the mic today. So instead of passing the mic around, I'm going to hold it, and I'm going to hold it like this. <laughs> but I want us to pray through this text. I urge, then, first of all, that all petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. The scripture goes on to say it's in that context that people can find a savior. And we're mindful that in these times there are people who are scared and are frightened as well, not knowing what's happening. It presents as an opportunity for us as believers in Jesus to live in a different way and to let people know about this hope that we have. So don't be blind to the opportunities that will arise over the coming weeks as people are asking the big questions of life. But I want to give us an opportunity to pray through this text for our nation and the nations. So it speaks here about kings and for all those in authority, those who are helping us to live a peaceful and quiet life. So I'm not going to put limits on who you pray for in this, but I'm going to hold the mic and invite you as if you want to come and pray, pray this scripture. It may be that you do want to pray for, I don't know, something else that's happening around the world. That's great. But in this moment, we're going to focus on this scripture in the light of what's happening in our nation, asking for God to give grace, wisdom, blessing to those in leadership and authority, that we as a nation might be led into peace and into wholeness and into prosperity, and that that would be a context in which God moves. Is that okay? Does that make some kind of sense? So we're going to do this, what we've done before. I want to invite you, if you'd like to pray, just to come and make a line, and then we're going to pray about this. I'm going to switch microphones, guys, so I'll go on to this one. Boson, I'm going to switch on to this one for me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have given us a spirit of love, a spirit that isn't a spirit of fear, but of being in a sound mind. A spirit of faith that calls for your kingdom to be made manifest here on earth. And Lord, in the midst of what's going on in our nation now, we pray that we wouldn't fall into that spirit of fear, but we would live in real wisdom and real hope. Inspire us in our praying now as we pray for our nation. We ask. Amen like to come pray first for us thank you and it's easier if you're feeling prompted to, to pray just to come make the line and then that'll just speed it along thank you father i thank you that you are sovereign that you sit comfortably on your throne that you haven't gone off and 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 taken your eye off us lord and and been surprised by all that's going on lord you knew the end from the beginning father so we just thank you for your sovereignty and your power lord and we lift up those who are in authority over us here in Great Britain, Lord. And I just pray that you would give them wisdom, real wisdom and understanding. I thank you for the people who did degrees and learned this science, Lord, that's going to protect us and find a vaccine, Lord. I thank you for them. I ask that you would sustain them. And by your spirit, whether they know you or not, I just pray that you would impart real wisdom to them, Lord Jesus to keep us safe. I pray that we would be able to trust that you have put them in government over us and just to, as you call us to, just to live under their authority, Lord. And I just pray for peace. I pray for a spirit of kindness and generosity and I pray for people to 
ask questions about you, God, and for you to use all this, though it may have been meant for harm, that it would be meant for, that it would be used for so much good for so many people to come and, and bow their knees before you as they realize that they can't rely on NHS, they can't rely on their own wealth or resources, but you, God, you are everlasting and we are held by your everlasting arms that people would come to know that you are real and that you love them and that you are in control. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this darkness of the world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Father in heaven, we just thank you for your wonderful word of encouragement. Lord, we do not understand, but you do. Father, you know in the Old Testament, the plagues of Egypt, Jonah in the fish stomach, Lord God Almighty, you know, um, the Red Sea that your people came ac across and couldn't cross if not for your miracle. Lord, you know, we have no one on earth nor in heaven. And Lord, this morning we stand in your name. We stand strong and with the belt of truth that you are Lord of all, creator of, you know, this universe. You are God of Britain. You are God of our government. You are God of our king, our queen, and her subjects. Father, you are God of the people of Britain, regardless of race, creed, and class. And so today, Lord, we lift every person from government to our queen and to every person in the street, from our loved ones, our neighbors. Jesus, you are their God. You are their creator. You know, today, Lord, no money can buy health. Lord, we cannot stand against the virus. But who is stronger than virus? Jesus, our Lord. The blood of Christ given to us, Father God, protects us all from all evil. Jesus, we declare your authority over this virus in Britain and throughout the world. And that God, you are the one who is going to, you know, get rid of it and send it to where it belongs, the Hades, to the hell, Lord. And so in Jesus' name, we proclaim victory amongst us, amongst our nation, and Lord, amongst our king and our government. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to read Psalm 91, which is obviously very familiar to all of us, and it certainly speaks into the current circumstances. And it says this, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. 
You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. If there's anyone after Gavin, if you just want to come up and queue, then I know you're there. Otherwise, Gavin will be the last to pray. Thanks, Gavin. That's my father's father, but don't worry. Seed of Gavin. Yeah, seed of Gavin. Um, Second Chronicles. Sorry. Second Chronicles um, 7, 14 says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their lands. And Father, um, just as I was reading that scripture, I thought about the truth of your word. And, and this morning, we as a people who are called by your name come before you and we humble ourselves and we just seek your forgiveness for our land, Father. We know that your word speaks about forgiveness for the whole land. It doesn't say, for those of you that are called by my name, I will heal them, I will heal their lands. So we, um, as your children who we know you hear our voice because your hand is not too short nor is your ear too deaf to hear the prayers of your people come before you and we step in the gap for those of our brothers and sisters who aren't believers those who can't easily be heard by you we we come before you today and we say we humble ourselves lord and we speak that prayer not over over our, our nations and our families but the wider sense to to those abroad who are struggling lord in this in this season and time so, Lord, we humble ourselves as a church and as a people, and we ask you to heal our lands. And, Father, I want to bring before you um, the leaders of our government and our organizations. We know many of them are establishment people, and they've done church through their lives, and it's maybe just been going through the motions or something they did at boarding school. But, Lord, I pray at this time that they would cry out to you for wisdom. Lord, that they would humble themselves and pray and seek your face. And Lord, that you would inspire them. Lord, thank you that you are a creative God. And Lord, I'm just aware that this season calls for new levels of leadership and wisdom that we haven't maybe seen in our generation before. But we say, Lord, would you do a new thing? Would they call out to you and would you equip them? Lord, would we as your body be praying for them? Lord, that you would change them into the men and women of courage and discernment that we need at this time. Lord, we need you. As a country, we need you. We humble ourselves again and say thank you that we are yours. You are our God and we submit to you. And Lord, even if you slay us, we will praise you. We have been satisfied and we long to see your face, whether it is tomorrow or whether it is in 40 years time. Lord, thank you that we are yours and we are loved by you. Amen.
Yeah, Father God, we just want to thank you that you are a good God, that nothing we can fear with you, Lord, because you know everything. And Lord, you are our constant companion, whatever we go. And Lord, that your rod and your staff comfort us and you guide us. You watch over our souls. And Lord, I just pray for anyone who's isolated today, Lord, anyone who's finding this difficult or fearful, Lord, Lord, that you would surround them and bless them, Lord. Lord, that as they seek you and know you and know your companionship, Lord, that you would just bless them and comfort them. Lord, anyone who is sick and unwell right now, Lord, we pray your hand upon them, Lord. Lord, your healing over them, Lord. And Lord, that you would just surround them and hem them in on every side, Lord. Lord, we pray for our health professionals and care staff, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would bless them and encourage them. Lord, that you would remove any fear or anxiety from them too, Lord. Lord, that you would protect them and encourage them, Lord. That you would bless them and use them, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would use the treatments and the care and the hospital facilities, Lord, that you have in your hand, Lord. Lord, that you would just use them and bless people through those. But also, Lord, that you protect people from being unwell. And Lord, that you would protect people from having to be admitted into hospital, Lord. Lord, that you will bring healing and restoration, Lord. Lord, we pray for our supermarkets and people who provide for us, Lord. Lord, we pray your continued help for them, Lord. Lord, that you would bless them and encourage them. Lord, that you would help all those staff that are feeling frustrated by the constant draw upon their time and the need to restock shelves that have been overshopped. And Lord, we just pray for wisdom in our people here, Lord. Lord, we pray for wisdom over fear, Lord. We pray for wisdom over anxiety, Lord. Lord, that you would encourage us to be good and friendly and helpful people, Lord. Lord, that you'd help us to share and encourage rather than fear and anxiety, Lord. Lord, we pray your hand upon us as we leave this place later on today, that we would take the joy of knowing you with us. And Lord, that we would bring peace wherever we go. Amen. church you've taken that decision to self-isolate already and so we do want to pray for them and ask that the Lord would bless them and watch over them and uh, as a small aside should any of the staff members start smelling of Ray and nephew um, overproof rum it's because that's the only 60% alcohol stuff we can find and so we're thinking of <laughs> stocking up on that and so honestly if we smell of rum it's only that that's that's the plan I'm joking. But if it lasts long enough, we might not be joking, so there we go. One last thing then. How many of you believe that we live in the Lord's protection and that he's watching over us? Just raise your hand. Thank you. How many of you locked your house when you came out of the house this morning? How many of you locked your car when you left your car behind? How many of you think that your life is more important than what's in your car and what's in your house? Don't take risks. Don't take risks. And so you are far more important. And it's not living in unbelief to both pray and seek to live under his protection and take precautions. Okay. Great. God is so good, isn't he? Well, before all this happened, way, way back, many centuries ago, no, um, the leadership of the church have been spending some time, and the elders especially, over the last... How long has it been? Four months or so? Since sort of October, November time, prayerfully seeking the Lord about vision and what we think the Lord is, is uh, doing among us, how we understand that so we can work in partnership with him. And 
I'll be uh, sharing today, both during this next little bit in the message, but then later in our church meeting, if there's enough of us to go ahead. And, and let me be really, really clear. In this season, we don't want anybody to feel under a heavy obligation to be here, to be at church meeting. If you would feel safer not being at gatherings, we want you to feel safe and not be at gatherings. So if that's what needs to happen, that's fine. So when I share that, it isn't, if you're here thinking, I'm just gonna be here for the service, then I'm nipping out, I'm gonna go home, I don't wanna linger for the rest of it, and that's absolutely fine. But if we do get to the church meeting and we have it, there's enough of us, then we'll be sharing something of the vision of what we feel the Lord is saying. And uh, originally, we'd, we'd, we'd been finding ways of shaping that vision and trying to, to share that with you in a way that's kind of memorable. And uh, we've, we've come up with several different ways of doing it, and we finally settled on this word life and life to the full. Uh, so there we go. Uh, we're going to share a bit about life, uh, which seems to me in some ways to be a really prophetic statement to share right now. Because we do believe in God who wants us to have life in all its fullness. Would you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30? And in Deuteronomy chapter 30, God is speaking to the people of Israel and is very frank with them about the way they live their lives, which means that, means that this tendency they have to slip away, he has already made provision for. Uh, so he's talked to them already about the blessings that come from, from living close with him. And he's talked to them about the, what happens when they disobey him. And then he says, when all these blessings and curses I've set before you, come on you and you take them to heart wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations. He's already looking forward to the fact that they're going to be dispersed among the nations. And when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart, with all your soul, according to everything I command you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from the nations where he scattered you. So he's made allowance for the fact that he knows that even though he's laid before them his law, there will come a time when they'll be disobedient. And so he's saying, look, there'll come a time when you're disobedient, you're going to get scattered among the nations, but then there'll come a moment where you'll remember. There'll come a moment where you'll turn again and you'll come back to God. And I want you to know, says God, that the promise is still true in that moment. And when you come back to me and live according to my ways, and then these blessings that have been spoken about, and there's many of them, uh, will become yours again. Jump with me to verse 11. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. 
So God says, look, I'm making it plain. It's not difficult to understand. Here's the law. This is the way I want you to live your lives. Live this way and the blessings will flow. Junk all this stuff and live the way you want and you'll find you're living outside of my blessing and disasters are in that place. If it helps to have a picture, some of you perhaps have been to Lindisfarne, Holy Island. Has anybody been to Lindisfarne, Holy Island? A number of us have. Okay. And uh, how many of you have got there? And before you got there, you had to check the tide times, yeah? And you have to check the tide times because for 12 hours a day, Lindisfarne is cut off from the mainland. And for 12 hours a day, you can get across. There's a causeway that runs from the mainland to Lindisfarne, and you need to stay on that causeway, and you need to go at the times when it's open and it's not flooded. The causeway is always there. Your choice is, do I follow the causeway? And if you choose to just do your own thing and decide, it doesn't matter, it's dark, and I haven't checked the tide times, but I know the causeway somewhere around here, I'm just going to drive to Lindisfarne, you may well get yourself into all kinds of trouble. If you think that the person who drafted that causeway didn't know what they were talking about, and you're going to make your own way between the mainland and Lindisfarne, and you set off to do that, you may find yourself in trouble. The causeway was always there. And when you walk the causeway, at the times when you can walk the causeway, you'll be fine. God's saying a similar thing here. Walk the way that he has laid out for us, the life that he's longing for us to lead, and that way brings peace, prosperity, and blessing. When we choose to do our own thing, it's disastrous. You get the picture. Okay, that's good. I'm going to say a word about divine health and prosperity towards the end. Um, flag up. I probably don't believe in it in the way that some others do. Um, there we go. Verse 15 then. See, so he's saying this is the choice. It's not a hard choice. It's plain. You don't need somebody special to come and explain it to you. It's right there. Meditate on it. It's inside you. God's working it in you. See, I've set before you today life and prosperity death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if you turn, sorry, if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's a choice before us. And in this moment, as this word is being spoken in front of the people of Israel, it's a moment of choice for them. And it's not a simple, it's not a, a kind of a, a a meaningless choice. It's not one to be rushed into. It's, it's one that God says, look, we're calling the whole of heaven to be witnesses to this decision you're being invited to make.
This day, this is Moses speaking, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses, now choose life. God speaks these words to the people, through Moses, to his people. It's a big choice. It's a sober choice. It's a choice to be reflected on and then it's a choice to be made. And of course, God wants to sway them. Moses wants to sway them. Choose life. That's, that's the choice you should make. It's not like, you know, we watched Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. Anybody else watch this? It's when you're turning your brain off because it's been too busy a day and you've had too much on your mind. And somebody does a quiz at the end. Did anybody see this at all last night? It's one of those horrible shows. There's a very smart lady and there's this quiz, they throw up whatever it is, 16 squares on the wall, and if you answer a question, you get to choose one of the squares, and each one represents a prize. And at the end, you can gamble the whole lot, and you can get all of the prizes, not just the ones you've won, if you'd answer one more question right. Well, this lady, she's clearly a very smart lady, she answered all of the questions right, and then they say, oh, should you gamble or not? And all the audience says, oh, gamble. All the audience. Some people close to her say, don't be silly, don't gamble, or whatever. And, uh, and then she chose to gamble because she was a smart lady. She got all the questions right, and then you know exactly what happened, don't you? She got the question wrong, and she lost the lot. There you go. That'll teach you for gambling, but that isn't the point. Um, <laughs> the point is, this, this decision, God is not neutral on this decision. God isn't just another audience member around you whose voice you should give equal weight to to everyone else. God made you. God loves you in a way that nobody else will ever love you. God wants the best for you. And God has got an idea and a dream of what your life might be. With that in mind, his advice to the people of Israel, and to us through the generations as we make this choice day by day is you should choose life. That's the choice you should make. Choose life. Choose life. Choose to draw close to God and to live according to his ways. Choose to recognize that he has made us and he knows better. Choose that his way is more perfect than our way. Choose life. Because when we surrender to God, and when we live the life that he's designed us to live, when we hear from him what it is he wants us to do, and to just start doing it, when we live according to what he has revealed, and get on with that, rather than sending off somebody to find something obscure that we can't quite grasp, and there's some fine point of something or other, and when we figure that out, finally we'll get on with telling somebody that Jesus loves them. When we live according to what he's revealed to us and in obedience to what he's revealed to us, that's the way of life. When he reveals things to us, when he shows us the way he wants us to live and we ignore it, that's the way of destruction. That's the way that brings the curse of living in this world without God's protection into our lives. God says to these people, there's a land ahead of you. There's prosperity ahead of you. There is peace ahead of you if you will live in partnership with me and yield to doing things my way. And then Moses ceases to be the leader of the people, hands over to Joshua. Joshua is the one 
who is going to lead the people into the promised land. But then towards the end of Joshua, there's another choice, isn't there? Anybody know that choice at the end of Joshua? Joshua gets the people, after God has led them into the land, to renew this promise again. The people choose life, but he gets them to come back to that place of making a choice again. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials. They represented themselves before God. And then Joshua begins to tell them and remind them of the story of all that God has done for them. In verse 14, he says, Now fear the Lord, serve him with all faithfulness, throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he's our God. Well, that's a good response, isn't it? Joshua, however, does what Moses has done already. Joshua said to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He won't forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. He's trying to put them off. He's trying to make them realize this is a serious decision. Look, are you sure you're up to this? You think you've got the capacity to do it? Because if you don't, then you're going to bring disaster upon yourselves, saying that you choose God and then turn your back on him. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Well, that should satisfy him, shouldn't it? Twice they've said it. And then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you've chosen the Lord. Third time, really. Are you absolutely sure? Yes, we're witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you. Yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord and obey him. Choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and all my house, we'll serve the Lord. See, I've set before you life and death. Choose life. I want us to watch a little 55-second video, and then I'm going to carry on.
famous words. Jesus telling us that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Today we want to think about choosing life and recognizing that we live in the day of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is no longer this great long list of rules and regulations that we need to somehow internalize and behave by in order that God can find us uh, worthy, in order that we can try and stay in that place of blessing by our own might. We live in a time that Jesus has come and he says he's come to give us life. This life that is spoken of in that Old Testament, choose this day, choose life, we discover in the New Testament that Jesus has come to give us that life. Because the story of humanity from the time of Deuteronomy through to the time of Jesus is we kept messing up. We found it impossible to live by a set of rules and regulations on our own. And God realizes he needed to do something that we couldn't do, which was to give us another power, a capacity, an ability, the power of the Holy Spirit living in us in order to live a life that pleases him. We can't do it on our own. Jesus says, I've come so that you can have life. Not just see life, not just experience life, but to have it. Not to see somebody else's great life, but to have it. To have life. And to have it to the full. Woodford Baptist Church, life to the full is kind of what we want to be about. And so we set our minds to thinking, what would it look like? What would it take for us to live life to the full? What are the elements of that? What could we focus on in this next season of our life together that would give us some structure and a way into ensuring that we're living life in all its fullness? And so we're taking that word life and we're going to be thinking about it for the next chunk of our church's life together. And we're going to be thinking about those letters, L-I-F-E, pretty much like we did with shape, but this is about us and it's going to linger with us for a long time. And we're going to think about what it means to live in the love of the Father. Friends, we have to begin right there with this awareness that there is a Father in heaven who made us and who loves us. The scripture tells us it's because he loves us that he sent his Son into the world. There is a day of judgment that is coming. The doomsayers are saying it's upon us now that coronavirus is... Personally, I don't think it is, but it might be. Who knows? There is a day of judgment coming. And there will be those who are welcomed into an eternity with the Father. And there will be those who have a lost eternity. Those who are not there. A judgment is coming and it is real. And we need to start in that place of a God who loves us. Loves us so much that he didn't want us to have a lost eternity. So comes in among us and lives among us as Jesus, demonstrating the life that pleases God, teaching us how to love and to live, to forgive, teaching us the depths of what it is that God wants to do, revealing to us that God's desire is to change our hearts 
and to do something in us that means we don't have to internalize a set or learn a, by rote a set of rules and regulations, but how we might live a whole life that is in such intimacy with the Father. We're living so close to Him that it's like the law is written on our hearts, and from the inside out, we begin living the way He'd want us to. Living in such intimacy with him that we know when we've caused him offence and we're quick to put it right. Living in such intimacy with him, knowing and living in his love so that he can direct and guide us. Knowing the love of the Father among us so that all that we do might reflect that love and begin in that place. And from knowing that we are profoundly loved by him and seeking to develop our intimacy and our relationship with him, spending time with him, worshipping him, getting to know him better, that then has an impact on who we are and we discover that the I in life, we have an identity in Christ. And friends, we live in a day and in an age when there's all kinds of questions about identity, who we are. And friends, we could fall into that kind of shakiness, that flakiness in some places around identity if our identity is not firmly rooted in who we are in Jesus. You and I are co-heirs because of what Christ has done. We have an inheritance in glory. You and I are a whole new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. You and I have given uh, an old life a burial in baptism. It is dead and it is gone. We have been raised to live a new life, which is Jesus living in us. You are not a nobody. You are everything God ever made you to be. We want a strong identity so, so that when we have that first connection with the Father and we allow that love to grow, when we get his love into our lives, when we draw closer to him and understand what it means to live in his way, because we want to do that because we love him. You know, if, if my kids say, oh, I love you, Dad, but I'm going to just do whatever I like and ignore every piece of advice you've ever given me, that's a strange kind of love. When we grow in love with the Father, then we find that our identity is being formed and shaped by what he says about us. We'll be able to get to that place with Paul who says, it's no longer me that lives, but Christ alive in me. And this life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me and gave himself for me. When we love him, we can then start to have an identity built on who Jesus says we are and what he has done for us, the reality of what it means to have Christ at the center. And the great news is that because Jesus came, because he died on a cross and was raised again, he could ascend into heaven. And because he could ascend into heaven, you know what comes next? He could send the fire of the Holy Spirit upon us. And friends, it needs to be a fire. We're Baptists. We're used to chucking water around. We need to start getting used to the fire being around a bit more. We need the fire of the Spirit. John Wesley once said, when the Holy Spirit is present within a company of God's people, there will be a visible commotion. Let it come. Tongues of fire, the sounds of rushing winds, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. 
healings, deliverances. Let it come, the chaos of it, but the beauty and the glory of God's fire at work among his people. Let his fire come in us and give us a power to do what we could not do, which is live the life that pleases God. Why? Because the fire of the Holy Spirit on us changes us, friends, and it changes and transforms us from the inside out. It leads us into all truth. It keeps revealing to us that we are children of God. It prays when we run out of words. God's Spirit living within us. We could stop there, and we could be living what we think is our best life. I hate that phrase. I'm not going to use it very often. I'm mocking when I use it. I shouldn't. Forgive me, Lord. There's an E, which is that we cannot hold this to ourselves. The life that God has for us is a life that needs to be shared. Healthy, living people and things result in new, healthy, and productive, and living things. Sometimes they might need a little scientific help, like Susanna and I did. Otherwise, healthy things grow. And what we're experiencing, and what we long to experience more of, knowing the Father's love, having an identity built on what Jesus says about us, knowing the fire of his spirit, we can't hold this to ourselves. We believe that God's calling us to be an everybody's welcome kind of a church, where people have opportunity through our mission and through our social action to encounter the reality of the love of God and have a chance to hear a gospel and be changed. Friends, we're beginning a journey, well, we're continuing a journey, We just have changed the signs so we can get a sense of where we're heading a little bit. And today is a chance for us all to choose life. To realize that God has got more for us. And so over these coming months and years, we believe that these are four key areas for us to grow into. Our knowledge of the love of the Father and all that that means a love that is a fierce love, an uncompromising love, a love that is real about the future of humanity and judgment and so reaches out with a saving grace. Grow deeper in our identity in Christ, becoming confident and whole and growing in all that he has for us. Becoming a place where we experience even more of the Holy Spirit's activity. Where we make that a key focus and an aim for us. How, what are the things that stop us from knowing more of the Spirit? How can we delve deeper into the things of the Spirit? And flinging these doors wide open so that everybody we encounter comes to know what it is we've found. We're going to show a little more about that, unpack that a little bit more with some scriptures and some plans uh, as we do the church meeting, either this one or whatever the next one is, depending on who stays for lunch. But I want us to pray. I'm excited by this. I, I believe it's great. One of the things that's great is, and I'll share this with you, we had this, first of all, down as three different things. Three They all began with the same letter. It was all very, very clever. But then we realized there was a problem with what we'd done. With the language we'd used, we presented a difficulty for some people. So we went back to the drawing board. And in going back to the drawing board, we realized it wasn't three, but it was four. And I am so excited about this. I am so excited at what God is doing among us and how we get to work with him and walk with him into this next bit. 
And so uh, we invite you to join us all on this journey. Uh, and uh, you've been walking it longer than me, so who am I to invite you? This is the journey that God is taking us on. And so let's pray into it now. As, so when you hear about it in the future, you were here first. Tell those who are self-isolating that you're in touch with it. God's doing an amazing thing. They need to get the podcast. And you can tell them, because you know now, don't you, what life, it's not on the screen, is it? What is, if the L in life is the love of the Father. The I, the I in life is our identity in Christ. The F in life is the fire of the Holy Spirit. The E in life is everyone's welcome. Great. You got it? That was easy. Let's just do it then, shall we? See, it's not too far away that you have to send someone into heaven to grab it. It's not over the sea that someone has to swim to get it. The word's in your mouth now. The word is in your mouth now. Choose life. Father, thank you. Thank you for the exciting things that are happening. Thank you for the healings that we're experiencing. Thank you that you give life in all its fullness. And Lord, I pray that you would lead us and guide us into all your plans and purposes for us. Amen. I am mindful that I said I'd say a quick word on divine health and prosperity, and it's very, very quick. Uh, the quick word is this. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and just read all the things that happened to Paul. I was shipwrecked. I was beaten. I was in the sea for a day and a half. I nearly died all these times. And so it, it doesn't promise to be an easy life, but it does promise to be a full life. And so a life where God is with us is a life that might involve suffering and difficulty because it reveals in our weakness the very strength of God. I believe that God heals and I believe that God delivers and I believe that we should never walk in presumption. Well, I'm going to say grace over whoever's staying to eat and then we'll sort out food and we'll, we've got some bits and pieces of photocopying and some printing and things to do. So in a short while, uh, we'll see how many members are here. Again, there is no obligation. If you plan not to stay because you felt it would be easier and more safe for you, for whatever reason, you have a pre-existing condition, you're elderly, and you were going to break at this point and head home, please still do that. Bless you. We need 20 members to have a meeting. If there aren't 20 members, then we will pray together and, and have lunch, and then we'll just have to leave our next meeting. Our next meeting is scheduled to be in June. There's every expectation that the nation will be in lockdown by then. And so um, it may be that we don't meet again until later in the year. Okay, that's fine. We will come up with creative other ways of doing things. One of the things that we need to do is a budget, but we think if we can't go ahead today, we know how we might be able to do that online. So um, don't stress. If you plan to go, please feel liberty and under no obligation to stay. You should still go with that plan if that's what makes you feel safe. But for those of us who are going to stay and eat, let's give thanks. Father, thank you for all that you give to us and all the ways that you're showing your grace to us. And we pray as we eat in the same space, but not sharing, <laughs> that, Lord, your blessing would be upon us and that you would give us all wisdom, love, hope, and grace as we choose to live in the life you give to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you next week or online or in the life group or wherever it is. Just watch this space. <laughs>